Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Many turn to yoga as a form of spiritual development practices to train the body and mind. Maintaining a regular practice can provide physical and mental health benefits goals many people set as part of their New Year's resolution. Joining us today is the founder and owner of Yaktown Yoga, Elizabeth Crenshaw. Crenshaw is a former collegiate track athlete, kickboxer, and bodybuilder turned yoga instructor. She graduated from the Beaumont School of Yoga, the first hospital-based yoga therapy program in the nation. Crenshaw believes in the healing and transformative power of yoga and that the practice of yoga is meant for everyone. Yaktown Yoga is a community-based practice in Pontiac, Auburn Hills, and surrounding communities in the metropolitan Detroit area. Its mission is to reach out into the community and make yoga accessible to everyone, creating a safe and inclusive space for students especially in underserved communities. Crenshaw is a graduate of Michigan State University with a background in journalism, kinesiology, and engineering. She believes everyone deserves compassion, kindness, equal opportunity, and love. Yoga, she says, is a map to get there, reducing stress, building relationships, and enhancing your health and energy. Elizabeth, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today? Great. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing good. You know, I'm getting used, well, always just getting used to Michigan weather, but it seems to be changing more than usual. Um, Yeah, Michigan original from Pontiac, eh? Yes. Mm-hmm. So is that that's where you grew up? I grew up in the city of Pontiac, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I noticed that, you know, you have a really interesting background. I mean, you were, you've always been an athlete. I mean, was that something, were you the kid who always wanted to just run and play and do everything, and then it just sort of like turned into what you did in high school and going on into college? Yes, I've always been an athlete. Athletics has been something that I've always been passionate about. I've done everything from dance to basketball to volleyball to track, but I've always loved pushing my body and I've always loved physical activity. Growing up, I would say I would be the tomboy. I've always wanted to play ball with the guys. I've always wanted to push myself and try to challenge myself from a physical capacity. 
Uh, so something really important to me is just that physical fitness and just taking care of yourself. Who was your greatest team member who, like, really said you can do this? If you said, you know, well, next week I want to do dancing and last, next week after that I want to do basketball, who really was 100% in your corner most? I would say my dad. My dad has always pushed me to be my boss. Uh, regardless of whatever it was then. Uh, my dad was athletic as well. So I've always seen that growing up where it was walking, running, uh, playing basketball, playing golf. I was always immersed in sports and health and wellness. And I would thank my dad and as well as my mother too because they both are passionate about taking care of themselves as well as, you know, taking care of your body from not only a physical standpoint but also the uh, emotional standpoint and even the eating aspect. Mm-hmm. Now, you I see that you stayed locally. You went to Michigan State, and you have an interesting background. You've got um, journalism, kinesiology, and engineering, okay? And, okay, I can see, like, being physical, like, the engineering and even the kinesiology, um, you know, that kind of do it. But then you've got journalism going, too. Where did that interest come from? I would say I've always had a passion for storytelling and learning more about someone. And I feel like every person you meet has a story. Every story is derived from what someone has gone through. Um, Even in my course of engineering, I've met some incredible people who had stories. And I've always had the ability to do presentations and, and lead different groups and organizations within the company. And uh, it just came easy for me. I was able, able to talk to people and have no problem with relating to them and helping people feel comfortable, and it just was a natural progression for me. Um, I think even growing up in the church, I was very active from a young age, so I always was in front of people, and I've always wanted to learn more about people, and the journalism just stems from me getting to know people. Everywhere you go, there's a story. There's always something to be told. There's always something to be said. And I just you, wanted to you, make sure that, that I could help people share their story. I mean, you're, you're very passionate about both. Did it, what, what was your career path? What, what did you plan to be? Like you said, did you see being a journalist who was very athletic or, or this career that you've taken into health? I always knew that no matter what, career I was going to be in, that health would always be there. Um, health has mm-hmm. always been an important part of my life from the sports aspect. Um, I've always been obsessive with, you know, learning new training methods as well as new ways of eating and healthier ways uh, to implement in your lifestyle. So that's always been there from a young age. My my mom um, would always be amazed at if I was as a, as a young kid, I was in the store, and the first place you would find them would be magazines, and I would be reading the health ones. I've, I've collected things over the years. I've always had this drive to learn more, and, you know, whenever I met somebody in the health field, I always loved to pick their brain and just to grow in that aspect. So it's always been a part of me, and I knew that no matter what career profession I was going to be in, that that would always be a part of my life, the health piece. Now, you know what really caught my attention is that you, you did kickboxing. Now, my brother is a trainer. He trains boxers, and he lives in L.A. He uh, works with Wild Card Gym. He's trained both women and men. Uh, for a moment, he tried kickboxing. But, you know, 
often, like you hear, I mean, it's a tough scene. I mean, he said that what got him out of kickboxing was the first time that he got kicked and it really hurt, you know. But by the same token, um, he had a girlfriend who boxed professionally. I mean, she went, she started out kickboxing, got into professional boxing. In fact, she was in um, she was one of the boxers that was featured in Million Dollar Baby. What made you decide to try kickboxing? I'm always looking for a new challenge. Uh, I had the ability to actually box as well. I love boxing in addition to kickboxing. But I think what drew me to it was a different way of training compared to just normal sports and athletic training. And um, kickboxing is not only physically challenging but also mentally challenging, and especially if you are um, doing fights. It is a, a tough battle because not only mentally you have to stay alert, but physically as well. But I find that kickboxing is just a challenging total body workout. I mean, you're drenched from any classes that you do, but most importantly, if you're ever in a class setting, it's just fun, that team building environment. But it's it's a different focus, and it's it's great for stress relief. It's, it just flips another switch within your mind, and I think it's, it's a great outlet, outlet to have, whether you like that or maybe it's something else. But for me, I just love that physicality behind it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that um, he even had one woman who, who trained with him who he would let, she would spar with some of the guys, and they were always surprised because that women can be that strong, that women can be that focused and can stay in the game. When, you're, when you decided to do it, did you find that like, people were like, oh, yeah, like it was going to be kickboxing light because you were a woman? I think no matter what area of you know, physical activity you go into, whether it's lifting, whether it's playing sports, basketball, you know, uh, soccer, baseball, um, softball, no matter what you go into, even if it's the physical um, sports of boxing or kickboxing, you're always going to be looked at a little different because you are a woman. And typically people think women are, are not as strong mentally, uh-huh. emotionally, physically, but for me it's never been something that deterred me from doing it because when I grew up, you know, I may have been the only girl playing in, in basketball with, with the guys where I lived um, in the neighborhood. So um, I always wanted to play with guys. I wanted to play with girls, but I always wanted to play with somebody who may have been at a, a stronger level physically or even a stronger skill level. And I think um, it doesn't matter if you're a woman. It doesn't matter if you're a girl. I just think that you have to want to do it. And our body is really amazing. And as a woman, you can do some pretty incredible stuff. And um, it's really cool to see, you know, all the women out here that are involved with sports along those lines or any sports, you know, because it is work. And it's about really just putting in the effort. Do you see yourself, I mean, do you, do you actively put yourself in a position for young girls and women to see you being strong, being able to do these things, taking on, I mean, you make up your mind, I'm going to take on this, I'm going to try it, you, t- you accept a challenge. Do you see yourself as a role model, and do you think it's really important, particularly for girls, to see women doing these things, all these things that you're doing? 
Yes, I think it's very important. I do consider myself a role model, and I love to to mentor young ladies. Um, and I think it's important to have someone that you can look up to and, and someone that can pave the path for you and show you that there's no limitations on what you can do in your life. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And it's just having people in your corner cheering you on or even supporting you along your journey. Um, for me, I've had a lot of people in my corner um, and a lot of mentors that have helped me on my path. But for young girls, it's important to let them know that, you know, any field that you choose to go into, you can do it. Um, Anything physically, you can do it. Um, For me, I'm a person that if I set my mind on something, I'm going to do it. And a lot of my friends would tell you that if Elizabeth says she's going to do something, she's going to do it. For example, in 2010, I decided that I wanted to do bodybuilding and I committed Mm -hmm. to the process and um, I competed um, as a national level competitor in bodybuilding from 2010 to 2013. So I've competed on the national circuit within that. And I will say it's probably one of the most challenging things, not just necessarily from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint and an emotional standpoint, what you have to push your body to, to get your body to almost look like a sculpture piece of artwork. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really incredible when you dedicate yourself to the process and you set goals and you hold yourself accountable and you have people cheering you on. There is nothing that you can't accomplish. Mm-hmm. Did you get a, a different appreciation for your body? Because it is. I've, I've, I have a friend who lives in Canada who's a professional bodybuilder, and there is there's that art, artistry in it and the way that you develop your body to present it. Did you find you're appreciating something about your body that even though you've always been athletic and, and, you know, doing things that you didn't notice before? Yes. Uh, what, I, what I would find before is that, you know, you would do sports, you do competitions, and, you know, you might get tired um, and you might just feel like, okay, I, I just need to stop. But when you're competing in bodybuilding, when you start to visibly see results in the mirror, it's almost like another switch has flipped, and you wow. are just so excited because like, mm-hmm. there's times in sports where I was tired and I just, you know, I just need a break. But in the bodybuilding, I was tired, but, you know, the more I saw my myself changing from a physical standpoint, the more excited I got and the more I was willing to even go harder. So um, it it did trigger um, some things within me, and it it works on teaching you discipline, um, being disciplined to accomplish your goals because there's a certain path to get there to get your body to look that way. But it also, you know, teaches you how to respect your body, get your rest, and also know that you can push your body so much more than your mind can actually see it. You know, there's so much more your body can go through, and you've never really tapped into all of that, I feel like, until you've done a show. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, a, a really a great time for women who are doing things because I can recall I used to work with a youth program and we had sent these kids out on a project and we found like we went on the site and the girls were sitting over here in one part and the boys were really busy doing all this stuff and in part it was because the man who was running the project, he said, oh, well, girls can't do this. And over a period of time, you know, we started to talk about different ways and different strengths that you have with your body. But now we have people like, you know, uh, Serena Williams, Simone Biles, all these strong women who are pushing themselves and are just like superb, super athletes. 
And it's really an important time for girls to see them. But then here you are, local. You're doing things in your community, which is going to, I want to, when we come back from our break, I want to talk about how Yaktown Yoga came about and why it's so important to your community. So we'll be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. And we're back here on Collections by Michelle Brown with the owner of Yaktown Yoga, Elizabeth Crenshaw. First of all, Yaktown, where does that come from? Yaktown is basically, it's, it's, it's a hometown root feel for me, but it's also just saying it's for everybody. You know, you're a part of my family. You're a part of my community. Um, everybody is welcome. So what started to take you into that, that pathway for yoga? Because you didn't, you know, like some people, they'll go to the Y or anything. But not only did you, um, I mean, you're a, a yoga therapist. You've gone to school. You're graduated from Beaumont School of Yoga Therapy. I mean, what took you in that direction to want to bring yoga to the community? Well, yoga provides so many benefits. I think people are kind of scared or intimidated by it, by some things that you see on social media and some ways things are depicted from a print standpoint or even online. Um, a lot of pictures you see are people doing all types of contortionist movements or mm-hmm. extreme levels of flexibility. And people are scared of that or people are intimidated by that. And, and the number one reason I hear from people they don't want to go to yoga is because they say they're not strong or they're not flexible enough. And I like to stop them right there because you it's not about how strong you are and it's not about how flexible you are, but everybody can do yoga. And I like to say two things. If you can breathe and come to your breath and notice it, and you can remain present and stay in the moment and be aware of your breath. That's really what yoga is about. And bringing that to people is so important, especially today when we live in times that are stressful and people are more worried and people are more anxious. And how do we deal with this balance of, you know, staying calm and relaxed from a mental standpoint and getting rid of the stress aspect when our body wants to go on this fight or flight response mode? And how can we stay calm in the midst of all of that? In addition, to that is even, you know, working on our physicalities and our emotional well-being. And, and that was really important to me And seeing people not only in my community but in, in the areas around me, you know, are, are anxious and, and are longing for something that would give them a peace of mind and to help them 
in every area of their wellness path to be better. Um, so that was really important for me to to share with everyone and to break those myths of, you know, yoga is not for everyone because it is. It's, it should be inclusive. It should be accessible. And I wanted to make sure that people have that ability to experience that. You know, and I think that that's what you hear. Either, you know, you have the big, you know, I want to do real exercises. You know, I'm going to, to lift, you know, weights or whatever. Or the people go like, oh, I can't tie my body and not, and that keeps them from wanting to even try yoga. But like you said, it is. It's really inclusive, and there's so many great things about it. Are you ever too young or too old to do yoga? No. See, the beauty of yoga is it's for everyone. I've done classes with Mommy and Me, which is basically for moms and their newborns, and I've done classes for for seniors, I've done classes for people that are bed rest. So there's not an age restriction. It's just you know being able to experience this practice of yoga. Um, it's for everybody. It, it it doesn't restrict you based on age, based on height, based on weight, based on body type. If you would like to do yoga, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Now I have a friend who lives in New York who works for a program. It's called Bent on Learning. And what they've done is, like, they bring yoga into public schools. And, you know, and what they found is, like, rather than, like, having kids have a timeout or scolding them, they've started to teach them yoga and ways of, of getting in touch with themselves to harnessing some of that energy. And they said that later on what they find is pretty soon the parents want to come. I mean, have you had how – have you taken yoga into schools or what are the, the different venues that you've taken yoga in where you see a difference? Yes, I have been doing yoga in a lot of different areas, in schools, in libraries, in community centers, in the neighborhood, in the parks. What's really cool and what I've noticed, especially for the children and the youth, is we'll do classes with um, children in the community. And the cool thing is is to hear them talk about it at home and, and to get excited about it. Or they'll come back and tell me, um, Elizabeth, you know, I started breathing. I was really anxious, and I just started breathing for a couple minutes, and I felt so much better. Or, you know, I... I was really worried about my past, but I remember what you told me is just to take a moment to pause, to come to my breath, mm. and just to focus on breathing for a few moments and to really feel the breath coming in through the nose, out through the nose, and taking a moment to pause. And they said that their test scores were even better. They were more relaxed. Mm-hmm. They were more focused. Um, they were able to deal with stuff better. They were able to deal with school and the transition of going from, you know, child to teen and and they were just so excited and then they'll share with their parents and then their parents were curious and then kind of like what you said uh, about your friend in New York it's like the parents now want to come so then it becomes a family uh, event so everyone wants to be involved in the class now now the other and on the other end of the spectrum is I met a woman who was 80 who did yoga and she said one of the best things that she had learned of it was she was concerned about falling and she said that after she did yoga for a while but she felt that it helped her that if she knew once she said she knew she was going to fall but she was able to relax and go into the fall and she didn't get hurt 
how is your working, do you find that with seniors? And is that a reason why, like you said, it's never too late to start, that someone like who's even like in their 80s who might be anxious that they might think about yoga, a benefit that they get from it? Yes. Well, as a yoga therapist, I've had the chance to do a therapeutic balance class at a local hospital, and it's designed to be done in a chair, so we do standing as well as seated postures. And what I like to do in this class is to teach the seniors how to have this kinesthetic awareness of the body, meaning you know, being able to understand your body, how it moves, being in touch with it, being in tune with it. And a lot of times falling is is simply, you know, our body is shifting too much to one side or we're not standing evenly or, you know, how can we help ourselves find more support? Maybe you need a wider base to stand. But just teaching seniors how to be more in tune with themselves and their body. Um, When you have the ability to do chair yoga, um, those participants are more comfortable and they, they take the fear out of it where, you know, I might tip over or I'm, I'm afraid to do a yoga class because I'm intimidated by that, but the chair takes the fear out of it. What I noticed from doing classes with chair yoga and, and the students that have gone through this therapeutic balance part of it is they'll come back and tell me, you know, I feel so much stronger now. Or, you know, the other day I felt almost like I was going to fall, but I remembered some of the things you said in class where I adjusted my, my feet positioning a little bit more and I had a wider a wider stance of my feet or, you know, I was able to grab onto something or I was able to move my body a certain way where I wasn't able to fall. So it's just really important to kind of teach that awareness of your body in regards to space. And, and I noticed that through classes, that seniors are just more in tune you know, from a physical standpoint and even from a mental standpoint that they're they're not worried about that anymore. The fear leaves. Now I know I know that you teach therapeutic yoga, and I I mean, could you explain what is the different types? I know that you've listed restorative chair, yin, and yoga nidra. For groups, Nidra. What, yes. what are those? Yeah. What What are those different types? So there are there are so many different forms of yoga nowadays, and and there's a practice for everybody. There's you know Hatha yoga, which is basically traditional yoga, which yoga stems from, um, and you just do postures in this class. It's a, a posture-based class that's based on breath and, and, and connecting with your body, the mind-body awareness using postures. Um, there is classes called flow classes or vinyasa classes, which is basically a class that's based off of the practice of Ashtanga, and I'll come back to what that is. But it's based on that traditional practice, which is a set series. And you have postures that are linked together, so you're flowing more. It's usually based off what they call a sun A and a sun B, which is a set set of postures that link together, and they're kind of like your yoga warm-ups to get your body prepared for more movement, and then you have another progression of postures you link together, so it's more flowing. Typically, those classes are a little bit more challenging, so for those who kind of feel like they're you know, more athletic or they want more kind of an intensity to their practice, then the flow might be where they want to go or the vinyasa. And to take that up another notch, if you choose those classes, you might want to try something that is a heat base, which if you're doing the flow class, another challenge to that would be um, having the heat element involved. And typically hot vinyasa classes are probably around 95 degrees and, and you're sweating, which is 
an amazing experience because you detox detoxify your body as long along with the posture. So it's like you leave like you just had a massage, you feel lighter, more refreshed. Um, going back to the Ashtanga, um, the Ashtanga practice is a traditional practice which all the flow classes are based off. So it's a set series um, of postures that are done and in a lot of your flow classes are based off the practice of Ashtanga, um, which starts off with two warm-up series, which we call a sun salutation A and a sun salutation B. And basically the A means that you're going to go from what most people would be familiar with would be a downward-facing dog to a plank pose, which is like a push-up, um, to a low push-up, which is almost like a tricep push-up, and then to an up dog um, or a cobra position, which is like a little bit of a slight back bend back to down dog, and then you'll come to the front of the mat, you stand tall, and you repeat it again. The sun B is the same sequence. You just add in a warrior one posture to it. And then from there, there's standing series of postures that you do, as well as going to seated and finishing in that sequence. Um, from there, there's more restorative postures, which are done in, in a capacity that you're using props, and there's not supposed to be a lot of muscular activity with this, so it's made for your body just to be in this position in a supported space, which is really good um, just to bring balance to your life. If you're feeling like, I just need to recharge, that might be a practice for you to do um, because it's not an intense practice. It's meant to just let go and release stress from your body and just to get yourself in this position or space just to be with your body and not worry about so much of pushing yourself through any poses. Um, going a step further, there's yin, which um, the yin practice is a little different from restorative. Um, you typically are in postures in the yin from anywhere from three to seven minutes. Some practices might even go up to 10 or 12. It just depends. And And typically in these postures, you hold postures for a longer period of time and, and why you do this is because you're really trying to get into your tissues or tendons or fascia, the joints, and it takes a little bit of time to get there. So we're trying to get in the connective tissue. We're trying to go deeper beneath the surface and, and it takes a little bit of time to get there. So we typically hold those postures for longer periods of time. Um, this practice can be the most intense in a way because you have to be in a position for so long and it forces you to breathe and it forces you to sit with any discomfort in your body. And it's not meant to, you know, make you feel uncomfortable where it's to a point of pain, but it's meant for you to, to stay with the pose and to deal with whatever comes up, bubbles to the surface, and to go mm. deeper within your body. And for people um, that are really, you know, busy and active, you know, it's a good practice to come to because it, it teaches you so much more about yourself mentally, even emotionally, that you don't realize what you carry until you hold those postures. Um, typically, you know, people have been known to have, like, crying releases, laughing releases, because I like to say there's a statement that says there's issues in our tissues, and a lot of times we carry huh. stuff, past traumas, you know, past injuries, you know, things that we've experienced in our life. We store those memories within our body. And it's not until we come into our mat and in the practice begin, all of that stuff comes to the surface. So you have to deal with it. So it teaches us so much more from a mental and an emotional standpoint about ourselves. Um, then you can go to a step further. There's chair yoga practices, which are not just for seniors. It's for everybody. It's just a tool to make the practice accessible. You can do standing poses on that. You can do 
um, seated poses. You can do inversions. You can practice going upside down with chairs. Um, it's a space that's, you know, if you're, you know, handicapped, you can do everything from your wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Just wow. it's a tool to to get you to experience your body with your breath. Um, even from there, there's, you know, practices like slow flow. And when people hear slow flow, they think, oh, we're going to move slow, so it's not going to be challenging. But slow flow challenges can really um, be challenging for participants because you, you'll link postures together, but you spend a little bit more time in postures, so it requires you a deeper focus and to breathe. And, and again, any time that we're not pushing our bodies and moving quickly and we have to hold it's uncomfortable for people, and sometimes they don't realize that, oh, it's, it's more challenging to actually hold than to move our bodies. Um, so I would say those are even some of the, the general, you know, types of yoga. And mm-hmm. you can go a step further, and, you know, there's, I would say, probably one of the hotter classes is Bikram yoga, and you might even hear um, this called hot yoga as well. And it's a little different from your flow classes. Um, mm-hmm. And these type of classes are usually 90 minutes, and they are in a 105-degree room with 41% humidity. So think steam rooms slash sauna. When you go in there, you're going to sweat. It's extremely hot, um, but that type of yoga, the system, people believe that, you know, this detoxification, purification comes through the heat as well as a structured set of postures. And there's 26 postures in this practice, 13 standing and 13 seated. And then you finish laying on your back with your eyes open, and it kind of brings everything home. Um, but people love it. It's 90 minutes, and, and some people swear by that practice. But again, yeah. you know, the beauty of yoga yeah. is there's something for everybody. And maybe one style doesn't serve you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's another style that serves you. So it's just finding out what's your need, what you're looking for, and, and then adjusting to serve um, You know, people. I think it, it's, it's great that, you know, because there are people who are, who are differently able or handicapped that they can do yoga. Because, I mean, you know, like you said, often you see the pictures and they have people doing tying themselves in knots. And I could see that if you were in a, in a wheelchair, you might wonder, is this something that I can do? Even if you recognize the benefits from it, you go, well, this is not for me. And that is, is really encouraging me that that's available do you have do you offer do you see many people and also you know like you try to you're making it inclusive of everyone in your community and that is you know that's a group that often they I've talked to I'm on a committee with two women who are each for different reasons in a wheelchair and they say how often that they feel invisible because There'll be things that a center will offer, but it's not for them. But here, you're saying, you know, you offer an inclusive space so someone could come to a Yak Town yoga session in a wheelchair and you'd be able to help them find what works for them. Yes. Um, I also teach on the style of accessible yoga and mm-hmm. um I've been through accessible yoga trainings, and and it's another style of teaching and approach to this. But um, in accessible yoga, it's basically I can teach a class to anyone, and it it could be different levels, meaning different 
physicalities or physical abilities that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be different, but everybody can do the class. And for instance, what I mean by that, you know, I might have a session where there's a person in a wheelchair. There's a set where they have to stay in a wheelchair. There might be somebody that you know, has to be on the floor. There might be somebody that has to be in a chair. But I can teach them all the same pose. It might be physically mm-hmm. different as what you see, but they're all doing the same pose. So I could have somebody doing a pose called Warrior One, and they might, someone might be standing, someone might be against the wall, someone might be on the floor, one might be in a wheelchair, but it's the same pose. It's just where their body needs to be in that pose. And I think today we get so caught up in, If you can't do the pose like the picture, then you're not doing yoga. Or if you can't do this, then, you know, you'll never be able to do that. But we have to change that mindset, and that's what the accessibility comes into is that, you know, everybody can have different physical abilities but can do this class at the same time and and can feel part of the community and feel welcomed and not feel ostracized because, you know, maybe they are in a wheelchair. But, no, you're still part of our community. We still want you to experience these healing benefits and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to take another break, and then we're going to talk more yoga. So we'll be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. Back on Collections by Michelle Brown with Elizabeth Cranshaw. Okay, so, you know, when you get ready to go and start to do exercise, they say that, you know, you should see a doctor. Okay, with yoga, do you need to, should you be seeing your physician before you say, I'm going to take on yoga? Or is it something that it's pretty holistic and natural that, you know, it should be okay? Right. I still like, and and within the yoga, there is a holistic standpoint, but I also feel it's important to know where you are from the medical side as well. Um, For instance, in yoga therapy, you have the medical piece, but you also have the yoga piece. So we we do start with the medical piece, but but know that that yoga is inclusive for everybody, but we still want to keep everybody safe. And that medical piece, you know, getting that approval from your physician helps you to know, okay, where we are. Um, mm-hmm. the starting point, but, and so where we can go forward to. So, okay. So if I, and I, I mean, I like that you have had training. So if I roll up my mat and I come in and I'm going like, I'm here, I'm ready. <laughs> um, and, I, and I say, you know, my doctor says I can try it, but, you know, I've got my mat and I'm ready. Are you able to, as you, you walk around the room and look at people who come, assess where they're at and maybe say, 
to, okay, well, you can do this, but why don't you try using the chair? Do you do that type of a, a visual assessment of people? Yeah, so if you came to me and you told me that you're dealing with someone, uh, dealing with something from a physical standpoint, I would make sure that I'm checking on you more frequently to, to make sure that you're doing the postures appropriately for your body. And that might look different from somebody else, but my whole purpose is to make sure everybody's safe. So I'm the type of person that I, I like to be hands, hands-on, meaning like I'm observing all my, uh, I'm observant to all my students. I want everyone to feel safe, but I also want to make sure everybody has a great experience. And if you're dealing with injuries, then some things might not be as comfortable, so I want to make sure that I can change it or adjust the pose or add certain props so that you can feel comfortable within your body. Um, and again, that's just, you know, making sure you have that understanding with your students and, and that your students are comfortable with you to share those things so that they can feel comfortable in their practice of yoga. Well, I imagine in that way somehow some of your journalism techniques come in in handy because you know that when they come to see you to do this, they have a story. And to get that story out of them so you can help them do what's best for them, I mean, and that's really helpful. Yeah, so that was also even cool and really cool, too, because as a journalist, you learn to listen. The key thing is listening because people will tell you everything you need to know if you listen and if you're observant. So even if someone might not mention to you their physicalities, if you're really tuned in to a person, you can sense, you know, if they're dealing with something. You can look at them and even see tightness in the body. Um, over the years, I've learn how to read bodies really well, um, not only from the yoga, but also from, you know, physical training and coaching that I've done over the years where I can look at a body and see tightness and see, you know, overcompensation in, in from, a physical from a visual standpoint and can help my students adjust within their bodies or to offer suggestions to help them. Um, so it's really important to, you know, even have those conversations with your students, but also just to be aware, to keep checking in and, and to listen and to observe. Do you ever have to unteach someone? I was in a class once and there was a woman who had, you know, she had watched a couple of YouTube videos and they got in the DVD and she came in and she was ready to go. And I, and like, it was like unteaching her. You could see that the instructor trying to like sort of, okay, yeah, well, you're almost there. Have you ever had anything happen like that? I, yeah, so, but what's really cool, I would say, is <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a quote out here. I don't remember what, what, who it's by, but when the student is ready, the teacher will, will, will appear. And mm -hmm. those students who take the initiative to, to tell you, oh, you know, I did this DVD, I did this, and I love it. And why I love it is because they took that initiative and they, they wanted to learn more. Um, and in this path of yoga, it, it's a lifelong journey. You've never reached that full capacity of knowing everything. And I think there's always something to be learned. Even as a teacher, you learn from your students. They're some of your greatest teachers. And um, I think it's great that people take that initiative and, and, and want to try things, you know, and, and come in with some understanding. But it also, as a teacher, it's, you know, even showing them, okay, you tried this, but, you know, maybe we can try this with your body and work on your alignment to keep you safe. And just making small tweaks. Um, but, mm -hmm. no, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I thought it was like, you know, you could see it's like she, she had this whole, and on this video, and she's like, yes, I'm familiar with it. Oh, let me help you. All right, so, I mean, but I think that, for me, I think that if I were to look at a video, I might get discouraged. 
And I might be one of the ones, oh, I'd never be able to do that. And then, you know, say, well, yoga's just not for me. And I think that that's one of the nice things about Yak Town Yoga. You have it all over the place. One of the places that you have is where we met is at the Pontiac Creative Arts Center, which is really a nice community space. How has it been holding Yaktown Yoga in that space. I love it. I think it's so amazing, and I can just explain why. Um, Because even those who have lived in the city of Pontiac or those who may have come outside the city, sometimes people aren't familiar that the Pontiac Creative Arts Center exists and is located within Pontiac. So it's really cool to teach people about the city of Pontiac and to show some hidden treasures within the city. Um, I, I, I'm all about, you know, bringing community together not only from the physical standpoint, but also learning about your city in Pontiac, learning about other communities, you know, learning what's around you and building those relationships with people in all cities. I think it's very important. Um, but what's really cool about this space is, you know, it's based on art and um and there's so many really cool things that you can do in the Pine Creative Arts Center from you know, making pottery to making painting. There's activities. There's drumming circles. There's all types of activities that happen there. And people don't know, but it's really cool when you hold these classes there. It showcases other avenues that people can tune into in their own path of healing and their own enjoyment in their lives. You know, when I had, before they had the Kaleidoscope uh, exhibit, I had interviewed Ronnie and Patricia and their new, she wasn't even the executive director yet. And both of, all three of them sat there and they talked about it and they talked visually about what they saw happening there. Not only like with the art, the drumming, uh, the pottery, woodworking, dance, uh, and yoga. And that was sort of like they saw it being creative arts and, and expanding creative arts to being more than just like painting on the wall, that they saw movement as part of it. And in that movement came yoga. So, I mean, I think that that's a, one of the, the great uses of that space. And also that they wanted to make it a community space where people would, would just feel like it was their space where they came there to get what they needed. And that's one of the things that you're doing. And, you talk about it being safe and inclusive space and to bring healing to an underserved community. The people who come there, I mean, they aren't, you know, and they are fancy outfits. Do people just come as they are, people from the neighborhood? And what does bringing yoga to this community, you know, in your one of the things, yoga for everybody. You talk about it being an underserved community. What do you mean when you say that? Yes. So coming as you are means just showing up. It doesn't matter what clothes you have on. It doesn't even matter if you have a yoga mat. If you have one, great. If not, we'll supply one for you. It's just letting people know that no matter what, taking all the restrictions out of it, uh, the equation, you are welcome in this environment. You know, it's for everybody, all races, all nationalities. Um, everyone's welcome to practice yoga here. And that's what I've always wanted, to have a space where, you know, no matter who you are, you're welcome. You know, you, you should be comfortable here. Um, 
the underserved part is there's many communities that you know don't really have a lot of healing modalities such as yoga or such mm-hmm. as other forms of movement and especially within the inner cities and I think there's a strong need for that a strong need for an outlet for people to deal with life to deal with real issues to have a space to just be away from all the craziness all the chaos you know every time you step out of your place where you live you know you know you don't know what you're going to face day to day and it's just mm-hmm. providing a space for people just to be just to breathe you know to have relationships to talk to other people to feel supported in a community um and, and that's really the goal of Yaktown Milgan which I, I've wanted to do for um a long time you know not only within the city of Pontiac but even throughout the state of Michigan is to have you know spaces available and activities and events that people can just feel comfortable and, and not worried about not being welcome or not feeling judged and and that's so important but and another area for underserved is just you know seeing more people from all nationalities you know in classes and and to you know, teach them about the importance of breathing and the importance of taking care of their health. And that's something that is so important for me is just the education piece and and the value of what yoga can do for someone else. You know, one of the, um, a woman that I, she has a business and she's in Atlanta. And one of the things that she talks about, her business is called Holistic Alchemy. But one of the things that she talks about are things, because you know how, our health, particularly in urban areas, like you said, you never know what you're going to to come out the door to do it. But we're affected almost, it's almost like a trauma of just walking through our neighborhoods, walking through certain areas because all this stuff is going on. And she talks about how, like, one of the things that she started to turn to was, like, she started out with just meditation, but then she went to yoga just to find ways to heal herself, and it sounds like to me that this is one of the things that with Yaktown Yoga, not only are you helping people heal themselves from environmental trauma, but it's healing that community. You build relationships. You said you say anybody can come from wherever. So, you know, you're, you're there sharing this practice. You're not worried about, well, this person has this, this person has a mat, this person doesn't. You all come to do this this practice. And do you see yoga more than just like being this activity, you know, that it's almost like a community practice that you're developing? I would even take it a step for, for, uh, further, saying more than an activity. I, I think that the yoga piece really develops a sense of community, a sense of belonging, a sense of accountability where, you know, you're not alone. You know, when you have events, you have classes, and, and people are there knowing that they are supported. And I like to, you know, introduce people and make it interactive, you know, because you never know what the person next to you is going through. Someone could be smiling, but on the inside, they could be hurting, they can be depressed, they can be going through so many things. So it's it's really important to, you know, have a space to connect with others, not only physically moving your body, but also building relationships, also feeling supported, also feeling valued because, you know, you might go into different spaces and places nowadays and you don't feel welcome. And I never want anybody to not feel welcome. I want everyone to feel comfortable and for everyone to experience you know, what this process of yoga is all about. Wow. 
So how long have you been having it at the Pontiac Creative Arts uh, Center, and what's your next steps there? Are you just doing it there? Where about else in Pontiac can people see you? I know that you do for groups, you do for individuals. How does that work? Yeah, so I do a lot of private works. You know, I'm at the community centers and in the community, the hospitals, you know, the Pontiac Creative Arts Centers, the libraries, the parks. Um, if there's a space for yoga, most likely you can find me there. And a lot of times <laughs> I, you know, have individual appointments that I'll do where people request, you know, I've worked with businesses and corporations and, you know, how to combat stress and how to deal with work-life balance. Um, so, you know, yes, there's classic communities, but I love to do a lot of events and to get people mixing and mingling outside of, you know, the traditional studio space. Um, the Pontiac Creative Arts Center, this will be our second of events. Um, there. So we did one last year, and so this will be the first event there of the new year, but we plan to at least have an event like every month coming up. Um, there's a lot of cool exhibits coming up at the Art Center, and I believe in integrating different themes and different messages to really help people grow on all levels. You know, it's, it's a new year, new beginning, and really inspiring people to take a look about look at what they want to do and accomplish this year. You know, I think a lot of people set New Year resolutions. And not only just the New Year resolution, but taking it a step further and you're just thinking about what would you like to have happen for you this year and, and what's important to you. And to think about that, let it marinate a little bit. And just to help people feel inspired to change their lives, to want to do better, and to know that there's someone there that cares for them. And, and doing classes, it's like you develop relationships. And I care about every person I meet and I always am excited to see them grow and, you know, try new things and, and to experience things from a physical standpoint, but even try new hobbies, new crafts, and just to continue to grow. And that's something that's important with Yaktown Yoga is encouraging people to take care of themselves and to take care of their growing path. Now, you know, I, and even though, I mean, you, you're trained in it, you're serious in it, I've seen some of, of your, I mean, you seem to have a little bit fun with it too so it's not like you know you're just going to come and work 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 you seem to have fun with it and I think it's something about you too that will make people want to come back they'll go they'll do it might be a little harder than what you thought you know because it isn't just like you know some there are the other flip side people think oh this is nothing it's a lot of work yoga can be some work but you have fun with it yeah I believe whatever you do in life, you have to have fun. When you're at your job, you have to have fun. Anything you do, there should be an element of fun. And I love to bring this playful energy in, into the environment where, you know, people can have fun, people can laugh, you know, people can have a good time. For many people, they it might be the first time that they laugh in that in their day or the first time they're able just to pause away from the business of their lives and, and I think nowadays we're so so serious. We're so caught up in the the rift and raft of life of go, go, go and do, do, do that we don't take the time to recharge. That self care is so important. And we don't take the chart the time to have fun and, and just to enjoy life. But one key thing that yoga teaches us is to slow down. You know, why do we need to go 100 miles an hour? Why can't we just enjoy each victory along the way, each step along the way? If you didn't accomplish everything that day, don't beat yourself up. Take a moment to breathe. Tomorrow is a new day, and we'll move forward in, in trying to 
accomplish those things. So I think it's important just to, you know, teach people how to enjoy life, you know, to let go of, of the stresses, to find the little wins in, in every day and to find those things that are passionate to them and, and to let, there be, let that be their motivation in their life. How does that work with you? I mean, you're, a, you're someone, you set goals, like you did bodybuilding, you did bodybuilding, kickboxing, you, you, you've done a lot of stuff. But then there's this, this other part that you were just talking about, you know, enjoying life, slowing down. How do you, how do you find that balance between that part of you that, you know, you want to go for the gusto, but then at the same point embrace yoga and that slowing down and, and feeling it? Yes. So <laughs> I have always been a woman of many hats, and I've loved all different types of activities, but even for myself, I, you know, implement self-care techniques and slowing down, you know, when I feel just like really, really tired, it's okay to, you know, take a moment to pause or maybe today I have to cut back on those activities. You know, maybe you have to say no to that new project. So it's really teaching people how to be responsible in their own, you know, self-care, how to be okay with saying no. I know for women, it's like we're givers. We want to help. Mm-hmm. We want to do this not only for our families, but also for our jobs, you know, if you have children, for your children. So there's always something to do. But, you know, how can you make sure that you're taking care of yourself in this process, never getting too busy to take time for you? And even if that's like 30 minutes, take the 30 minutes and, and, and let it be just for you without any distractions. You know, maybe you take a, a self healing day and you spend that day just rejuvenating, but it's important for, you know, everyone, male or female, whoever you are, to enjoy, you know, those moments to slow down. Do you find it hard for you to, as they would say, practice what you preach? Do you find, sometimes do you find it hard for you to sort of say that to yourself? I think that it's hard because I think we're all human and I feel like mm-hmm. with me being so competitive, meaning from that athletic standpoint, for me being so compassionate, I just want to help and heal and, and you know, loving and dealing with my family, friends and loved ones, um, there's always a desire to do more. But in order to really help someone heal, in order to really, you know, spread this message, you have to make sure that you are, you know, fully clear from a physical, mental, emotional standpoint, even spiritually, that you're in tune with yourself because if, if you're not in tune, you can't really serve those around you. So even though I like to do a lot of different things, you know, I, I have to remind myself is that, you know, I have to take care of myself so that I can be able to help other people in their path um, of wellness. So, you know, there's moments where, you know, I have to dial back too, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. I, I like to – practice what I preach to you. So, you know, if I feel overwhelmed, I need to take a break, step back, you know, and revisit um, because I always want to give my best to those that I'm working with, give my best to my students, give the best to the community. So um, it's important to, you know, take care of yourself too as a teacher. Mm-hmm. So what do you see? I know, I mean, you're primarily in the Pontiac area. Do you see yourself expanding beyond the, beyond the Pontiac area? Yeah, so, you know, I, I do some things in the Detroit area. Um, you know, I see, what I see with the actual yoga book is we're more of a mobile capacity. So, Pontiac is one area that, you know, is 
is really big, but also we're in other areas too. You know, Southfield will move to different communities too. So um, yes, I, I believe it will not just be just centered in Pike, but just spread out overall. And I think that uh, most importantly, everyone you know can benefit from this inclusive, accessible, safe place just to heal and, and to build relationships and to deal with life, you know. Um, the beauty of yoga, you can do it anywhere. And, and one of the big things with Yaktan Yoga, we believe in going everywhere and being around everybody. And everybody is important and have value and have something to say. And they have a story. And every time you meet somebody, it's incredible to hear their story. And, and that's really so excited about this yoga practice is, you know, connecting with people and to hear what they have to say. So uh, is Yaktown Yoga primarily you? Do you have other people who work with you? So it's primarily me. We are expanding. So I'm looking at a couple other people coming on board on the team, so I'm excited about that. Um, but, yeah, um, in the future we are looking at some pretty cool expansion opportunities. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to connect with you, like if it's – I mean, there's so many areas. I mean, I can see, like, because you covered it, everything from, from babies to elders to in libraries, I could see outside, all these places. How does someone contact you uh, about bringing Yaktown Yoga to their facility, to their school, to their park, to their library, to their home? Yes, well, you can contact me on social media, um, Facebook or Instagram at Yaktown Yoga. Uh, you can email me at yaktownyoga at gmail.com. That's Y-A-K-T-O-W-N-Y-O-G-A at gmail.com. And right now we're in the, the process of revamping a website. So there will be a website launching shortly too, so that will be another avenue that you'll be able to reach me at as well. And group sizes, what, uh, I know you do individuals, but how large a group is workable. Yeah, so I've done everything from one person all the way up to 60, 75. So wow. um, I've had, a, I think, one of the largest classes, probably 100 that I've had the opportunity wow. to work in, a, in, in um, that capacity. So, um, no, I, there's not really a number that is off the radar. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. You want to do yoga? Let's do it. You know, I think it's it's we're in a day and age that it's really important to just take care of yourself. And you know, yoga is one way to do it. There's other physicalities or other physical modalities that people might enjoy as well. And yoga is one tool that you know I've done lifting, I've done running, and I still do those things. But I still find myself coming back to my mat to breathe you know, to mm-hmm. spend that time moving my body through yoga. And I think it's a real great compliment to any path that you're on. If you're working out, if you're a runner, you know, it's, it's a great tool to add in addition to your other workouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know before I, I can't let you go without talking a little bit more about your journalism. Um, so are you writing for anyone in particular? Do you, do you see doing a book about some of your experiences and from – some of the people that you, you've met going on, have you been inspired to do that? I have. So, you know, I, I have a friend that has always joked with me. He's like, Elizabeth, you have 
probably three or four books when you write that right now just because of all of your life experiences. And I do see myself writing um, a book in the near future about, you know, just life and some of the experiences that I have. And I've been blessed that I've been able to be in so many different worlds and wear so many different hats. And um, I've been in all mediums, meaning I've had the experience to be in print, I've had the experience to be on the TV side, and I've had the experience to be on the radio side. So, you know, um, to all three areas, you know, work is busy. It's like a nonstop environment. And <laughs> I would say that my yoga has always brought me balance. And a lot of my coworkers had said, you know, how do you stay so calm in the midst of this chaos because in the news world it's busy things you know drop there's breaking news your story may change you have to keep up with this fast-paced life you know because you'll get left behind but there's always a new story there's always something to add and you're chasing stories and you're finding the next best story but I love that adrenaline rush and I always had my recharge through my yoga and I've, I've been able to stay calm in the midst of chaos or when you're doing a live shot and it's like crazy scene behind you and how do you have that narrow focus, you know, where you're locked in. The yoga always came back to mind. So I've been able to deal with, you know, changing stories, you know, on deadline and dealing with the chaos of news and still be comfortable because of coming to my breath. And it's helped me in so many areas. Um, you know, for professionals out there, you know, when you have projects due and there's a lot of things coming up and, and just being able to deal with pausing and to take a moment to breathe and it really changes your outlook on life and it's even shifted my mindset where the things that normally would worry me it's it doesn't bother me as much you know being on a crazy schedule of, of news or even in mm-hmm. the sports world that doesn't bother me anymore it's just it is what it is and just being able to have that space to adjust and that's really what it's the cool thing about yoga is it's so much more than physical it teaches you some life skills that you can use at any moment of your life Mm. so if you were to have to do a TED talk with a group of say eight-year-old girls what would you tell them I would say never stop believing in you. If there is something inside of you that has always been there in your heart and there's an idea and there's a vision that's a part of you, never give up on that vision. Never stop fighting for you. Um, Set goals, set targets. If there's something that you feel that you're passionate about or there's an idea that you have, you know, get a notebook, write it down. Uh, I like to say a plan is not a plan until you put it on paper. So if there's something that you're – you're thinking about and you want to do it, take time, take notes, get those ideas on on paper and you have that narrow focus vision to get there. You know, there'll be people that will doubt you. There'll be people that will tell you that you never can do it. There'll be people that might not believe in your capabilities, but you still stay committed to you and you will be surprised at what you can do. And I can say even for myself, you know, even going from engineering to journalism and in so many paths, it's like, you know, I've been through every avenue where people say you can't do it or you're never going to do it. And being a person that's determined, I'm determined to get to a goal. And the planning piece is so important. If you believe it, believe it and keep going. You know, never let anyone deter you. Never let circumstances deter you. It'll never be a perfect time, but if you're passionate about something and you truly believe in it, yes, you can. And that's something that I would love to teach young girls is there's nothing that you can't do, regardless of what you think it might be. That is, a, that, that is, that is amazing. 
we are going to find a way to make this happen, to get, you know, I have this vision of having women who are accessible talking to girls. And, and what you said right then is just like perfect. Elizabeth, I want to thank you for being with me. I'm going to, and I'll admit, I've got the yoga mat in the closet collecting dust. I'm going to shake it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the hardest thing is just getting there, it's just, just just showing up. And that's just anything in life, you know, is mm-hmm. the hardest thing is just showing up. But once you mm-hmm. show up, it's easy to go from there. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show up, and you're gonna and you're gonna say, "Okay, Michelle." And yeah, I I look forward to seeing you soon. Um, congratulations with Yaktown Yoga. Congratulations with all you've done. And I'm glad you have that never give up attitude because I think the sky is the limit, not only for you, but for everyone who encounters you. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing talking with you. I want to thank my guest, the founder and owner of Yaktown Yoga, Elizabeth Crenshaw. Yaktown Yoga is a community-based practice in Pontiac, Auburn Hills, and surrounding communities in the metropolitan Detroit area. Its mission is to reach out into the community and make yoga accessible to everyone, creating a safe and inclusive space for students, especially in underserved communities. Crenshaw believes everyone deserves compassion, kindness, equal opportunity, and love. Yoga is a map to get there, reducing stress, building relationships, and enhancing your health and energy. Be sure to follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.